Hey, welcome. Before we start, I just want to say that uh, on this particular episode, uh, Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning are on, and you know, they're one of the uh, most successful YouTube um, personalities, and I'm a huge fan. I did the show, and you've always said, we're going to do this. We will not talk about politics or religion. When politicians change their mind, we get mad. I didn't want to start arguing with anybody. This faith has been very meaningful for y'all. It's defined who you are. You can't make me believe something that I find to be unbelievable. I did, maybe we crossed the line. We did talk. You don't listen to me. I don't listen to you. That dynamic is toxic. It is debilitating. We understand both sides. For me, I'm not trying to convince you that it's not true. I got more interested in sharing my truth, I guess you would call it. So if uh, you uh, are offended by talk of religion or whatever, I'm, and maybe I crossed the line. Is this your trigger warning? I'm just warning. It's your trigger warning. Uh, subscribe, uh, go to howiemandel.com if you want like some merch or whatever. Some stuff. If you want some stuff, but uh, enjoy. What? tired you've been up all night all right this is howie mandel does stuff i'm howie mandel and you heard somebody saying they're tired who was tired me jacqueline schultz your daughter she's tired i have coffee is it what is this you're already tired of us yeah no Rhett and link, that's by the way we just showed up Brett and link are here the uh your guys are like a youtube sensation but you've done tv you've done everything you guys are musicians comedians uh Improv actors. <laughs> well, I, you know what I find fascinating is the fact that, and they have a-, a, a Business people. They're business me? people. You guys are business We're business people. people. Business savvy. Mm -hmm. You are. You created an industry yeah. out of a friendship. We are known as the businessman and the boy. Uh, that is one of the ways that we are referred to at times. See, I told By you. Children. I don't know how that happened. I think one <laughs> child watched a video of ours and called- yeah, that's the business, the business man, and the, man and the boy. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never heard. Like they were like, yeah, yeah, put put on the business man and the boy. <laughs> the, and why didn't you run with that? That's a great like a brand. Oh, we have. No, I, they, I, oh, they I are. Have. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I have. I talk about it all the time. I mean, it's one of the first it things I mentioned for a long time. He's been trying to make the boy happen for me, but uh, you don't like being I'm the boy. Really, I'm not really up for the boy. How why? do you how do you identify? Uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, he identifies as, as, as the businessman. I'm no, I'm a guy. I'm just. I mean, like businessman. It feels and a guy. like he's taking advantage of you. If it's like the businessman and the boy, it right. feels a it's little weird. like sketchy and but, weird. It no, does. Listen, right. Why are we going to this I'm just dark saying. place? <laughs> Hold on, but if you heard, well, that's the answer to your question. If somebody was like, "I'm going to see the businessman and the boy tonight," in, in like an entertainment context, <laughs> who do you think would? would like be generating the most laughs. The boy, right? The businessman is just pulling the strings. But who's he kind of pushing out? He's pushing out the boy. So I feel like you should embrace being the boy because the I think people like Pinocchio. the boy. Pinocchio. The more gray the you get in your into your mm. uh, the more gray that yeah. seems to be I'm not knocking cuz no, you I guys I'll tell you something we've been doing this podcast for almost 2 years and I'm tell uh, I could say without a doubt the best hair we've had I'm a big judge of hair. Oh, well, Jack, Jackie didn't, I mean, she didn't take that bait. 
No, I think so. I'm thinking back to all the guests we've had. Oh, Maybe. look at this. Yeah. You, want to, you want to really consider <laughs> I, this. Yeah. Before I give my answer, I'm really thinking Who about it. Who has better hair, the businessman or the boy? Oh, gosh. Here we go. Oh, I don't know. You know what? You don't have <laughs> the to The boy, I think. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah it's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> the boy's fine. got I'll a bright future ahead of him. That's the point. See, again, the businessman wants the boy to have the better hair because the businessman But yours benefits. is very Jason Momoa kind of thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, which is a compliment. Yeah, you look like you're using Aquanet. Just the Aquaman. Hair. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> I was once called Aquaman and the boy. I was once approached by a drunk man in Key West who came up to me and said, "Jason Mimosa." Really? Really? So <laughs> is he ordering? I, I am now known as <laughs> yeah. Jason Mimosa, like the Jason Mimosa and the boy. Yeah. Yeah. There oh, there. That's that's, that's an okay. even playing field. Okay. Uh -huh. How many different shows do you guys have? Oh gosh. Mm. Well, we Good Mythical Morning is our main thing. I know that. Know? But then you got the cooking, like, and other people that aren't yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Ear Biscuits is our podcast. And then yeah. Mythical Kitchen is its own channel, uh, food show. Lots of different shows within that channel. And we're, Run we're by not on the businessman. Yes. And the boy. And the boy. Yeah. Now <laughs> I'm having to own this boy. The boy does some business from time to time. Yeah. What, how does your, does your father not re refer to you as a boy? Like, my boy. This is my boy. That's he's, a good question. No, he's never done that. Uh, he says son. I know my, my son. son. He my does. Son. He talks like, and he talks like, and he looks like. I always get your dad and Theo Vaughn mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Can yeah. you see that? Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Would, I would. Do, you, do you ever see his dad? No, I want to see. Put up a now. picture of Theo Vaughn and his dad well, together. In, until uh, they did the video version of the podcast, a not insignificant number of people thought that his dad was just Link doing a character. Like talking they, to They myself. thought that we had done like a character <laughs> podcast where it was it was just Link talking to he, he lives in Myrtle Beach, so like he gives me a dispatch from Myrtle Beach every week. But I would gladly give up our show just to see him be like Theo's co host. Mm. Like I would I would just I would take a back seat to that and the way your dad talks and the way Theo talks are very, very, very similar. How come you don't have yeah. that accent? I well, I can turn it on if I need to. But, and then Would my you dad, ever need to? My dad, my dad's up here. <laughs> well, maybe, sometimes. You know, some, if I really want my dad to listen to me. If you got a flat tire, hey, listen, recently, so um, we still have a lot of family in North Carolina, and my wife and I bought a cabin back in North Carolina for us to be able to stay when we go to see all the family. And I had to meet a guy out there to do some tree removal. And I was like, I'm going to meet a few guys out tree here. Tree right? removal from a cabin? Isn't the cabin made of trees? Uh, not from the cabin, from oh. around the cabin. Oh, okay. Uh, some problem trees that were, you know, encroaching. And uh, I just found myself, I mean, first of all, this guy was, I mean, you forget. You forget just how, uh, how rural someone can be when, once you kind of move out of the area. And this guy was like what we would have considered like a mountain folk, even from where we grew up. And I was able to understand him. I still have the ability to understand it, but you can't help. But in fact, I actually thought uh, I'm going to put a hat on, you know, because I was like, I, I don't want to be judged by this guy. I'm going to put a hat. If I put a hat on, and I've got my hair coming out the back. I'm, he, I seem like somebody he Why might respect him? a little bit more. Right? You know what I'm saying? And then you find yourself just turning it on just a little bit because we've got some trees. Uh, How long ago did this happen? Uh, yeah, four months ago, probably. You still have his number in your phone? Uh, I didn't I end up going with him because I got a better estimate from somebody else. Oh, because I was going to say, <laughs> we, we should call him yeah, and ask him for the trees back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could totally still call him. Right? We should call him. Uh, yeah. 
I, I mean, I probably do still have contact info, but. I'd love to call him. Um, but go ahead and finish the story. The story is done. It's basically <laughs> that occasionally you need to put on an accent in order to contract business. All right. If you're a businessman. We'll uh, put that. That'll be a morning wood story. <laughs> right? It was the morning that we met. Trees are wood. Yep. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. You guys have known each other since elementary school. Yeah. 39 years yeah. of friendship mm -hmm. as of a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was told you were coming in for the 40th anniversary. And you guys uh, still no. get along? Well, we are. We are. We are. Next year. Uh, get along. That's, that's a, a bad book. Getting game. along. I thought, it was, I thought this was supposed to be the 40th year. Yeah. Well, you can. You know what? You can sit on this one. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just package it up. We're celebrating 40 years of friendship this yep. 2024. 2025. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Dude, it's 2020. One of you is going to celebrate a year early. <laughs> the boy doesn't keep a up with the numbers. The businessman keeps up with the numbers. It's <laughs> <laughs> 2024. So... And from day one, you have been really good friends. And whether you were doing getting in trouble together, having done my research, whether you're getting in trouble together for writing dirty words on your desks yeah. to um, uh, working together and being in improv troops and going to college together, I find it amazing because, you know, even in, in music, groups don't stay together mm -hmm. this long. Have you yeah. had any disparaging times where you just go F you. I don't want to even show up in the same room. Cause I've even, I've had that with my own daughter for years. Well, there was a year. for years. If, you, if it wasn't there for, <laughs> there were several years. I was going to tell you today. I was going to tell you today. You don't want to be with me. You didn't I, want me to be in did. the room? What were the years? It was when from the years she was 16 oh, till yeah. she was okay. 21. Yeah, those are the uh, bad years. Those were the bad years. And she didn't want to be in the room with me. We hated each other. I can't imagine if we had a show together like we do now that she would even show up. Or do you I, agree with that? Is I don't want him to put words in your mouth. Yeah, well, I didn't know he hated me. But yes, I we did not get along. You knew that you hated <laughs> If you don't hate your parents a little bit at 16, then you're not going through like no. a proper developmental cycle. We did not get along for a really long time, for years. How, how, I, Think I don't want to take up your show, but I do no want to know how bad it got. How bad did it get? It got really bad. Um, he was, he was super, super strict. I was the oldest. I was, he oh, took mm -hmm. the door off my room. I wasn't allowed to have a door on my nice room. Move, Why? What were you, what did he catch you doing behind the door? Because I wasn't allowed to close my door when I had people in there, and mm -hmm. I did, and so he took the door not, off. Not Damn. people, boy. Yeah, no doors in the house. Whatever. I'm on board with that. You ripped the door <laughs> off? I did. He took away. We have all beads in our house. So my we get car, it. which I get because <laughs> I got my. It's just like 70s beads. <laughs> you, oh, that, oh. <laughs> you have daughters? Well, you got to park uh, two the beads. Boys. Yeah, two boys. You beads. don't have to worry. Boys, you can give them nine doors. Yeah, no, he was fine with my <laughs> right. brother closing the door with girls in the room. <laughs> I did have a double standing. Yeah, 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 really yeah. Old Appa school. Apparently. Yes. But you but you got through it. Look at you two. Well, yeah, and I nice. actually think that this is, you know, um, a family relationship is a good analogy for our relationship, right? So, because I, I think, we've I think known more, each other, I think we're more of an old married couple, old married couple than than brothers. The vibe I'm getting is more of like a, a businessman and a boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really selling that. Vibe. Oh shit! I knew that was going to happen the moment that's where we started. Yeah. I was never going to get away from it. But I'm just saying, like the the, the you know I'm a, I like music and some of my favorite groups. I go like, why the at least there's only two of us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if that there's helps like the three, dynamic. four, five. Do you fight? That's impossible. Oh yeah, so we have a um, in a in a sense we fight. We've never had like we've never punched each 
punched each other in the face. I don't think we've ever gotten wow. close. Well, I to love doing that you're it. saying that with pride. Um, <laughs> like that's an amazing. We've never. Either did we? Well, I just want to set the standard. We've <laughs> never harder, had one of those things. It's been things. harder to not punch you in the face than. Well, that's because you can't control your emotions, but. We at least I have a moment. We haven't had one of those things where it's like I'm not talking to you. I mean, maybe like if for a day, there may be like okay, I'm leaving and I'm not talking to you today. But there's never been like an extended period of time where it was like we weren't communicating or we weren't okay. Oh, we got to work on this thing. We got to shoot this thing where we would just kind of get through it. But we very rarely let resentment build. So I had to too tell, long. You're not an old married couple then. Yeah. <laughs> There's too much at stake. It's like, I mean, we, we, we don't, we're not just staying together for the children. It's like we actually want to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. But when you uh, disagree and when there is some friction between you outside of business, or what, and may, business may be the thing that starts that friction, you would think it would be hard to be funny and entertaining. Or maybe that adds to it. Sometimes when people are like messed up, great songs come to mind. You there's know? there's two different mm. levels of this. The first level is. Can we just, talk about the second level first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I well, would the like first one's just easy. I'll get it out of the way. But okay. yeah, I'll, I'll give you more of the second one, the juicy one, I guess. Okay, go ahead. The unjuicy one is just like you just get so un, we get, just get on each other's nerves, and you just need some time apart. Like we spent so many hours together for so many years that. It was like, okay, we're not going to hang out on the weekends. You know, it's like right. we had to start having separate weekend lives. And then it would, you know, we would get better at not being annoyed with each other. And, and, but that type of thing will come through. But when you do five shows a week right. for almost 11 years now, fans start to pick up on tension. And they make a lot more of it than it actually yeah. is. So, like, this is the year. But it is there at times. Like you go from like we're having a great time together to we're we, we sometimes we'll try to harness the frustration into comedy. So we'll start taking more jabs at each other, and it's just a different tone. But it I think it's still funny. Right. But it's a bit dangerous because it starts to get a little too true. We you might know? stop laughing. Like, we might not be laughing at each other. We might be doing something that someone watching is laughing at. But right. you can tell, oh, they're not making each other laugh today. Right. I think that's a good indicator that oh, they're a little bit, they're annoyed with each other. But, but that's far from saying, you know, I, I can't do a show this week. Yeah, yeah. the juicier thing is, the. Uh, there's been a couple of times when it's, you know, we make fun of like uh, being in touch with, like me, me being in touch with my emotions or him not being, and like that's that's an extreme and that's not true. But there have been times in the past, like maybe a couple, of, like maybe two times over the eleven years, that I've been like, if we're not, like I don't want to, I don't want to be friends on camera if we're not, if I don't feel like we're friends off camera, and it. I would have this very, I would have a need for us to just hang out, have fun together, do something together. And that wasn't just for somebody else's entertainment, but just for us. 
It's like I, a method actor. I would have. <laughs> no, no, it's like when you no, show up for a movie. A, no, Howie, it's called being an actual friend. But and see my perspective <laughs> on that. You're so you're on Rhett's side on this. <laughs> well, okay, here's a little bit. Here's so a thing. method actor. So well, when you have to. Okay, go ahead. So we so we've we've worked this out. But one of the things that we found is that. Um, I've always thought, even from the early days, when we were in a cow pasture, when we were 14, doing a blood oath, saying that we were going to create together one day or create something big together. Just we didn't. It was ambiguous. We had no idea what it was going to be, but we knew we wanted to create together. When we get together, like, you know, we had we were in a high school band together. I always saw us being together like our friendship was kind of based in the things that we were going to do together and to create together. So sometimes we'll be hanging out, we'll be watching something and I can't watch anything. I can't be entertained by anything without immediately start thinking about, well, what are we going to do? Like, how, uh, how did, what does this inspire us to do? And sometimes it'd be like, don't talk about work right now. And so for me, I don't see it as work, right? I see what we do as my passion and it's the way that I kind of experience my friendship with Link is the things that we do together and the things that we create together. But I respect him when he says, let's not talk about work because I do realize that, well, it is also business. It is also work. And if it just becomes about the things that we're doing together, which are so externally focused, they're designed to kind of be for somebody else a lot of times and not just for us that I have to kind of pull back and be like, okay, you know what? We'll talk about that on Monday. So there's a little bit of a give Your and wives take. ever get involved? Cause you got to bring some of this home and then uh, they, I mean, I definitely vent to Christy about it. Like when, I mean, when I told, I, I, is that why she hates Rhett? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is a weird thing for, first of all, like I was like, here's the email that I wrote to Rhett, read it. And she's like, you go girl, you send that email. And it was like, if we're not gonna actually be friends, I don't want to keep pretending to be friends on the internet. And it was you, you didn't know, say that it was an it, it was an it you was, didn't say that it was long and it was it was that, that is was, a that an was extreme the, characterization of that what was you the said. message of it and that was just that so, was the emotional message. So what I get from this is Rhett is just showing up for work, but not for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's how I felt. I know you're hurt. You're hurt. And and this is an intervention today. This is, I want to bring you guys we back. Are, we listen, we, 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 this was years ago. Okay, okay. and you know what? This is not Wait, you your wife gave you the stamp of approval. But you haven't told the rest of the story. The rest of the story. Which is very significant. Was, um, I don't remember the rest of it, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's funny that I sent an email, because I don't send emails. Right, you're and a horrible I, I wouldn't do that now. I would have I said, let's get together. But his response was, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk through it. And I think, you know, he was like, I want to hear you. I want to, and he, he processed it. He stopped and he was like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear you. And I'm going to respond to it. You know, like he was saying, we just, we work differently. We conduct friendship differently. And the overlaps and like what, what matters most to us in our friendship and the needs that we have are different. You guys are different humans. So but that's that. That's not the rest. That's not the full rest of the story. Okay. Because <laughs> we, we I, yes, I read it. I said let's talk about it. We talked about it. I, I gave you my answer at the time, which was a little bit of what I already said, which is just like, you know, I consider the time that we spend together working 
I consider the time together that we're making things that we're doing the podcast is like, for me, that's friendship building because we're yeah, being yeah. our authentic self. I love having a good time with you on Good Mythical Morning, all this stuff. But you know, at the end of a week, it's like we spent 50, 60 hours together. So it's just like, well, I'm going to kind of chill with my wife and my kids on the weekend or whatever. Um, versus like, Hey, let's go surfing or whatever. And, uh, but then multiple years later, yeah, you have you already forgotten about my tearful apology? I mean, well, that was a, know, that was a very that was a big moment in our friendship. Forgive and forget, man. Hang I, on, let me. Do we have any uh, music? Sad, like very. Well, I'm not going to reenact it. Yes, well, re you should. Yeah, you should. I, if I you like forget, I need yeah, a refresher. I hang on. Wait, hang on. Let's score it. Okay, I agree with this. Yes, let's right. score I'll, it. I'll, I'll give it's you. Got to be public domain. Give me a minute. I'll give you my best. Uh, yeah. Recreation. Yeah. Reenactment. Okay. It does have Just to be public some, domain. Pardon me. Yeah, you're right. Public domain. Yeah, because royalty wanna, free. <laughs> yes. Hang on. Which ruins the emotion. <laughs> royalty free sad great. music, so that we can do this naturally and yeah. let, just let it flow. Have you found any? I see him. Sad music, oh, no copyright. Oh, we got, that's we got an ad. Got a wix oh, okay. ad. Oh, you're getting the <laughs> ad for the where he gets it. You got it. There you go. Okay. You know, I, I recently, um, I reread that email that you sent like three years ago. You did? <laughs> you didn't say anything, man. You just stared at me. So that's what you should do right now. And I just, I just wanna, I just, I just want to say sorry for the way I reacted to that. <laughs> because I, I'm kind of ashamed of my my response to that. Because reading that, now I see that you were saying that you just wanted to experience friendship. And I just kind of gave you my perspective back to try to explain the way that I felt about it and, and really kind of tried to defend myself, but I didn't take the time to acknowledge your need in what you were saying and validate that. And I just, I just feel like an asshole. I'm sorry. You should be. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I said. It was, it was beautiful. It was pretty uh, moving at the time, and I too. did cry, and it was real. I did cry. So it it did take two uh, two years to get like a full closure on it. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought we had, this wasn't it, and, and now <laughs> and now the rerun twenty twenty four celebrating our fortieth year of friendship. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it seems closed. like forty, but it's only thirty nine. Yeah, right. When you have when good things are happening, they seem. Yeah, longer. And you, our wives, you asked about our wives. I mean, that's like a, that was like an arranged friendship. Like you would have an arranged marriage kind of a thing because they met through us. Oh, know, once it, we started and now dating. are they close? They're very close. In fact, yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's interesting. You know, you, you always, this is something we ever, we've never talked about. I want, we want to give you things that we've never talked about, right? We talk on the internet all the time. We, we talk too much. So we want to give you things that are special. We've never <laughs> talked about this. This is never 
been spoken about before. This particular dynamic, right? right? So one of the things wow. that... Uh, Wait, can we... Uh, let's uh, break for a commercial and then... <laughs> no, because I want to hold them over the... Yeah, do the it. The sponsors. Do and it. Then that's, but, oh, yeah. And then when we come that's back, smart. what are you going to be I don't, What is this about? I don't know, but it's something... Rhett and Link have been on the air for 11 years doing that show, but 39 years together yeah. performing, and we are about to hear something... That no one's heard before. Mm-hmm. Not even not even you. Not no. even Link. <laughs> yeah. Link doesn't even know what it is. So we'll be back with more right after this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're in a, a we're in a commercial now. Why does it sound like that, Kenny? I'm it's like recording in my bathroom. <laughs> What's with the sound, Kenny? There's scrolling. There's echoes. There's everything. It's always everything. Well, you know what's good? Mm. This product. Ah, right on the end. Yes. And it's my favorite time of year. It's the best time of year. Yeah. Yes. Fall. We're changing colors on the leaves. Cozy vibes and my personal favorite holiday. Ray it's not, not, not Halloween. No. I know what you're gonna say. What? Raycon's anniversary. It is. I know. I know. Happy anniversary, Raycon. Woo! Yes. It's the only time, like it's the only holiday where you get 20 to 40% off of Raycons, which is why it is my favorite holiday of the season. Because Halloween, you just get like a candy, right. you get 20 to 40% off. This is a treat. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? It is a treat. This is a real it's treat. Not a trick. It's a treat. You know, and uh, their everyday earbuds are known for delivering high-quality audio and thoughtful features like 32-hour battery life. And the in-ear fit is amazing. Perfection. It is perfection. So comfy. Um, And to thank everybody who's shown them support in the past six years, Raycon is offering 20% off of everything on their site with selected products up to 40% off. That's insane. So celebrate Raycon turning six, six years old with their biggest sale of the year going on now. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash howwedoesstuff and use code BIRTHDAY to get 20 to 40% off site-wide. And you know the sound will definitely be better than this, Kenny! (laughs) Wow! That works. We're we're back. We are back. I love it. Okay, so. Reset it up, though. There is a, I'm going to tell you something uh, that we, now we've built it up and it's probably going to be a little di- bit disappointing, but no, yeah, let's, just keep hey, going, hey, let's keep going with it. Hey, hey, hey. They're still hey, here. Can I just say something? Yes. We built it up. We built it up. Not for you. To tear down. To, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm about to tell you something. That right. the audience is going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm about to tell you right. something I've never told you before. I'm building it back well, When you say it's going to be disappointing, you're going to disappoint uh, Link. Yeah. The audience is going to be very enthused. I can't wait for you to hear this. Call your friends, call your neighbors, <laughs> and watch. Are you setting Rhett up for another commercial break? Disappoint Link. I wish we <laughs> had another did? sponsor. Yeah. Okay. I wish I had one more fucking sponsor, <laughs> but no, I don't. I so, it. one hey, thing I know that the we, feeling. Do you know the feeling? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to you go to a commercial, but nobody is advertising. <laughs> and here we are in another commercial. Still in the bathroom. Kenny, how do you not adjust the sound <laughs> this long? Kenny, He's working on it. I'm so Scroll, busy. Busy what? scrolling. Let him scroll. Go, go to the echo. Go to the... I don't know anything about audio. Ever since um, Kenny has started, we've had a, a little bit of an issue, but... Not an issue with our sponsor. 
which is Butcher, Butcher Box. Box. This is, again, one of my favorites. Number one, because I'm a mom and I have kids and I don't want to go to the grocery store. But not just because I don't want to go to the grocery store, but because Butcher Box gives me high-quality meats. And products that's actually cheaper than going to the grocery so get store. you get incredible deals on premium cuts from from your grocery store you get great deals and great not quality. from the grocery store from butcher box better than even the grocery Be- better store. than the grocery store yeah yes where do they get it I don't know we get it from the box it comes to the house they get it straight from the butcher it's the butcher box butcher what butcher box same <laughs> ten times fast Butcher box, butcher box, butcher box, butcher box, butcher box, butcher box, butcher box. For life. For the life of your book of your membership. You gotta be a member. Well, you don't ever have to stop your membership. I wouldn't. It could be for life. You're right. If you're a member And it's not just beef, you know, there's seafood too. No, I know, and there's chicken. I get everything. I get it all. Anyways, that's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for the lifetime of your membership, plus twenty dollars off your first order signing up at butcherbox.com slash howie. Hello. Use code Howie. I love this. I don't mind this, Kenny. Oh, you're liking a, it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're in a box, not a bunch of box, but a box. You're right. Mm-hmm. This is perfect works. for this. Kenny, works. this worked. Yeah. Back to the podcast. Okay, so there's a dynamic that, so the, the, the set this up, there's a dynamic that we've talked about before uh, where People would ask us the, the secret to our friendship, longevity of our friendship, and I would all, often say having um, a common goal, having something that you're working on together is a great way to kind of keep you friends. Yes. In other words, yes. it's like a married couple staying married for the sake of the kids. But what happens when couples that are together for the kids become empty nesters? A lot of times they end up getting divorced, right? Or they have like a reinvention of their relationship. So Link once pointed out to me that it was hurtful that he used, that I used that dynamic. And I think maybe in that email or maybe in the subsequent conversation about it when you were like, I get what you're saying and I don't think it's untrue, but really it kind of makes it sound like the only reason we're friends is because we're working on something together. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I'm gonna stop using that analogy or I'm gonna stop using it in isolation. I'm gonna have other things that I say. I'm gonna be like, well, I actually love this guy and I wanna be his friend, that's why we're friends. And then here are some, maybe some keys to like staying good friends. But there's a dynamic that you often use in describing our wife's relation, our wives relationship. And that is, it's kind of an arranged marriage. Now I'll take two, two issues with that. Number one, every relationship is arranged, is circumstantial. Our, Our friendship is based on the fact that we went to the same school. My parents moved to Bowie's Creek and you were in, in class or whatever. Can I just, I, I'm getting uncomfortable. Do you want us in this room or is this something you two want to work out? Uh, I like glancing over and looking okay. at your I'm encouraging sure faces. Sure from I feel like I need you. <laughs> Go ahead, keep but going. The, but the wonderful thing is, I think that besides me, my wife's favorite person is your wife. Uh, but 
And but so it is an I'm arranged sa- marriage. Right, but what I'm saying, when you lead with that, what it sounds like is, you know, well, they probably wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for us. And what I'm saying That's is, true. What, and, so, and I don't agree with that. Because well, they wouldn't have ever met. Yeah, but I'm saying, but I feel like that puts the emphasis in the wrong place because I think our, our wives are... I think it's a mischaracterization of our wives' relationship because they're actually really, really close. Talk all the time. Oh, yeah. Consider each other best friends. Some of the best marriages are arranged marriages. So, but, Am I right? So the, here's the thing. Because I changed... I am so confused. Because the way I changed the way that I talk about our friendship, I, what I'm asking you to do is when people ask us about our wives, you always lead with, well, it's kind of an arranged marriage. I think you should say our wives are best friends because they are, and it's true. It's a setup, and for, I think that that's how you should characterize it. You know, they're our wives are best friends. See, just start <laughs> with that. We arranged the best friendship. We get credit for it. Has so you, your wife said that she is upset with the way that he talks about their friendship? No. Is that where this is coming from, or is no, this in this is you, coming from me? From you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't listen to anything. I guys. love uh, what I'm getting in your dynamic is uh, if there aren't problems, <laughs> we create them. You can create them, yeah, right. and yeah, then yeah, yeah. try to fix yeah, but, shit that doesn't exist. That's what relationships are all about, <laughs> really. Because I'm sensing that you manufactured know, conflict, and that's what you've done today yeah. for us. In the hopes of talking about shit that you've never talked about before right. because you've been on, so you're making up shit. I'm, I'm just doing this for you guys. Uh, really good. And to hear that the, this arrangement of non-arranging yes. friendship right. is really seems to be working out. Yeah, I, You have no idea how confused I am from the inside, but I'm glad that a lot of podcasts will talk to people and there's no resolution. And this is- We all always resolve. Uh, but, but you Jesse know recently, I, I love you, buddy. I love you. Jesse actually just said to me. Our wives love each other. Because we were together uh, a little weekend away in Big Sur uh, <laughs> because we do spend a lot of time together still. Because he, because he wants it to not, just he, be about he forces work. that. Yes. Yeah. So that like when actors, I was trying to say earlier, when actors are going to do a movie and they're going to pay best friends, the director will have them fly right. in a week. Spend or, a weekend together. Right. So that there is a real chemistry. And you want that same thing. Yeah. So you will arrange Against no, maybe that's your better not judgment. what he, wa- he doesn't want it to be method acting for work. Then it's about work again. He actually just wants to have a friendship. You're yeah. not getting it. No. It's not all about work. You're right, Jackie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I wish you guys had to talk more when you were 16. He would yeah. understand you better. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> but you're right about people rearranging and reinventing. I've been married for 43 years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the kids left. And now we reinvent it. And... Uh, that we're on the verge of that, and I am open the, to advice. The businessman and the girl, that's who we are. <laughs> okay, yeah. my wife. So, so how did you reinvent? Like, first of all, did, did, did it register? Did it register with you like, okay, last kid's leaving the house, the dynamic's about the change, I'm anticipating this, I'm gonna be proactive, or did you realize that it had happened? I'm sure your relationship is better now that the kids left the house because I was so problematic. I'm sure it created issues between you. Yeah, when you left, things were better. (laughs) When you, I'm being honest, when you are not around, it's just everybody's happier. Mm -hmm. But she was the first. Yeah, she was the first. And, uh, but uh, how is it? It's been more problematic lately since COVID. I'm back. No. (laughs) (laughs) This, This damn podcast. Because I was spent so much time in, uh, on the road. I was not around. What made it, people ask what made the marriage work, it was the fact that I wasn't there. To not be around me is to love me. Mm, gotcha. Uh, Understood. You, you, you do? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, we've, I mean, met, yeah. Like, we've seen each other a couple of times, yeah, yeah, and I yeah, felt yeah. like it's a really good arrangement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have actually stayed away f- 
from, uh, you're probably one of the few um, internet sensations that have stayed away from controversy. Mm. You really, and, and I don't know if that's just because of who you are, is that something you work hard? Though, I, I shouldn't say that, because uh, in, in thinking, when I first was aware of you, do you remember I did your show? I did. I was there. Oh once. yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> but uh, when I came to do your show and I didn't know you and I looked up, I guess what was coming. You were very, um, or whatever I was reading at the time was devoutly Christian, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and then, which I think is possible controversy, not for me personally. But then you started talking about religion mm. and maybe moving away from it. Yeah. But why would you do that publicly? You're going to alienate people. Why do you do that? It yeah. Why it, it did you do that? It was a scary decision, yeah. But it's not a scary decision. Well, maybe it is a scary decision to make that move personally and decide this oh, is yeah. how I'm going to live my oh, yeah. life. That's scary enough. Oh, yeah. But then why do you need... Because as somebody who's a fan of what you do, you really didn't need wasn't to... wasn't necessary. That's my point. I think right. it became necessary. Why? So, this, so first of all, the transition away from... Christianity, because uh, yes, we were raised super conservative evangelical Christian, not just in our childhood, but we began our adulthood in that way, spent most of our 20s that way. And then in our 30s, that was when I was kind of the first one to start sounding the alarm about, I don't think this stuff is true. I, I and, and it's a long story. We talked about it quite a bit, but it led to uh, me leaving the faith and then sort of everyone dropping like flies after that, right? So that we kind of don't consider ourselves Christians at this point. And that happened about 10 years ago. It was a little different paces for different, you know, people. But then what we continued to different do- Different people in the foursome. The foursome, yeah. The, what we started to do, you know, the, the evolution of online media, it was very different 10 years ago. And it has changed and gotten so much more personal, right? And we end up talking about so many more personal things on our podcast. And we were in, you know, our podcast, when it first started was an interview podcast. We would talk to online personalities. We're asking all these really deep questions. We're asking questions about their upbringing, their faith, whatever. And we had never disclosed anything about us. And there was lots of assumptions based on some things that we had done, some things that we had said. And it, for to me, it just, every year that passed, I just felt like this hypocrite that was talking about pretty much every single personal thing, every idea that I had on our podcast or whatever, but never talking about this huge major, because it was such a, it's the most pivotal change I've ever experienced personally, because it was a, we were in very deep. It was our entire worldview. It impacted every relationship, every conversation, the way we saw every, the way we lived every minute of the day. We weren't nominal Christians. We were like, we were professional missionaries for a while, right? That's how we got our start. And we would tell our, we would be interviewed and we would tell a story about, well, we were engineers and then we became YouTubers without talking about this middle, like three or four year period where we were actually working as professional Christian, like evangelists. And so I was like, I just feel like we're leaving this piece of our lives out that people deserve to know because I'm, we're disclosing all this stuff. And I was like, I know we're going to lose fans. I know there's going to be people who are like, in fact, we hear it all the time. My, well, I don't let my kids watch you guys anymore. You know, you went to Hollywood and yeah, betrayed Jesus. And it's like, I'm like, well, that's not exactly what happened. I've talked about what happened, but I'm not, I didn't do it to gain fans or lose fans, I did it to be authentic. 
I get that, but you could be authentic without, I, I, as somebody who is, um, you know, uh, taking a check from the man, you know, is uh, I'm on broadcast TV doing America's Got Talent in that. I vehemently um, steer clear mm -hmm. of uh, religion and politics. Yeah. And I feel like I can get done whatever I need to get done and I could be, I'm not being dishonest as much as I'm just, you know, avoiding, um, you know, I, I, the best term is, is I'm on broadcast, which is a broadcast. If you want to cast mm -hmm. broad, yep. then you don't want to, you know. I completely agree. But if you had been a preacher, if you had been a pastor at some point Would have been weird, I'm life, a Jew. Right. If you had been a rabbi. Okay, go ahead. If you had been a rabbi. And you for, and me walked into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> then they would be like, hey, wasn't Howie a rabbi at some point? To me, that's where it came from, is it wasn't just like, hey, I want to be cool. And like, it, the funny thing is, is like the whole deconstruction movement, they call it now, which is people leaving evangelical Christianity or Christianity in general, has become a bit of like a trendy thing, right? Because, well, because we're seeing this huge exodus of people from the church. It's a generational shift that we're experiencing for all kinds of reasons. So people talking about it is a, is a little bit trendy. Yeah. And it wasn't like we're doing this to enter some new status or be considered uh, in a certain way. I don't like controversy. I don't like people being upset. I don't like people saying they're never going to watch again because of this. And so, and I was a little, and I, and I do feel like I've pulled back a little bit in the amount that I want to talk about it and the and then because I don't want to disparage people who have faith you know and it's like there's all it's very difficult to figure out what is going on with the world it's very difficult to figure out what the nature of this reality is the thing I have the biggest problem with now is people who say that they know exactly what the nature of God is what the they know the nature they know exactly what happens after you die and this is what you need to do to be prepared at this point I'm like nobody knows nobody's got it figured out and, and the only thing I have a problem with is if you tell me that you do have it figured out. Do you think it was less about the authenticity for your viewers and more about your own personal journey that if you came out with who you are or how you developed, then it said more, it was more, it confirmed who you were as a person. Like it was more of an internal thing, you talking about it openly. I think so. It was about bringing this kind of balance. I've talked about that exact But thing. it's not just you. You both were in the, of the same thought process how did how do you make such a monumental move mm. i mean yeah. you're only co-hosts and friends you're not mm -hmm. one person how right. are you able to navigate how far how honest at the timing of your life together that's what i found fascinating mm. you're talking about personally and then deciding to talk about it publicly both, both, both. things yeah. um yeah i mean his he kind of spearheaded this he, he the 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 questions and the quest of okay i need i have some i'm not satisfied with some answers i'm getting he i was his sounding board for his spiritual deconstruction and I, so i think that i was you know just kind of along for the ride honestly because it it i'm not my brain doesn't work in the same way i was much more comfortable because I thought it was working for me. I thought that how I conducted my faith was more helpful than harmful. Actually, now I've started to realize over the uh, over the past decade that there were a lot of things that were healthy for me to shed in terms of 
um, judgment and shame and how I process that. Um, but as a sounding board, I, I was, I was pretty much just kind of like a step or two behind him in terms of my evolving beliefs. Because as we said, you know, you're the, the first, the, the questioning personally, the decision to make a change in a direction of thought and how you operate your life is a real personal thing that yeah. could have been a huge wedge and maybe the oh, yeah. end of this partnership. Well, and it's, you know, it started with the first person I kind of confided in was my wife and, and we've, I've seen this so many times. It's very unusual for uh, a married couple that are both in a particular faith and one person says adios. For, uh, most of the time those in, in, in divorce. Right. The first time I told her, I mean, listen, we didn't believe that evolution happened. We, we believed that Adam and Eve were real. We, you know, we, we believed that what is in the book of Genesis was like history. And so when was I, there a moment where this came, where you, you had a flash and you went, wait, 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 wait. Uh, it was like a, I started reading about this in my early twenties and I, but mostly what I would do is I would go and I would be like, I, okay, there's, there's all these people selling, saying that the earth is, you know, 10,000 years old. But like, every time I go to a museum, they're like, this thing lived millions of years ago. I never, I never looked into this, but I started reading about it. And actually I started reading from like, I, I would go to Christian sources, right? And there's a lot of Christians who don't believe that there's a lot of Christians who believe in evolution, right? There's a lot of Christians who believe that the world is old or whatever, and kind of accept the established science. And so I would slowly read these sources and kind of my view was uh, changing. But then when it was like, uh, I, but that's, I don't know how to reconcile this particular thing about, well, if we're, if we're have this common ancestor with chimpanzees and, you know, apes and uh, Adam and Eve, well, how do you explain that? I would start asking these questions and then I would like go to my pastor, go to these other people. I would ask them questions and I didn't get satisfactory answers. And then it just was like a house of cards that was slowly falling until I remember writing in my journal, <laughs> I was journaling at the time. Uh, I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't believe any of this stuff anymore, right? But all along the way, I would tell, like when I told my wife that I thought evolution had happened, she burst into tears. I just wanna give you an idea of what where we come from wow. and the worldview that we were all sort of held captive to. And so, but the funny, the funny thing is, is that, I, but I, I never reacted that way. No. I'm so like, I okay. actually start, I, I, I would meter out the conversation with Jesse at the time. Be like, she can only handle so much, but Link and I would hang out and I would be like, bro, let me tell you the, the last, the, let me tell you the last thing that I read that really makes me think that none of this stuff is true. Um, and you would listen. And again, you weren't the kind of guy that was going to go off and do the research on your own, but you were the kind of guy that was going to listen to someone who, who you trusted who had. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I read a couple of books too, but like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as you weren't it, searching. You weren't. He was seeking yeah. and sharing. Yeah, and you were listening and yeah. being a much more passive. Yeah. So if he and I valued never... the security of what I had, and I just felt like there was a lot at stake in trying to. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here for you, and I'm gonna. I'm going to lovingly listen and respond and be a sounding board. But what I'm really going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to try to like say, yeah, but let's just kind of tamp all this down, you know, get it out of your system. I think is what I thought at first. And so what was the switch? Okay. Where you went, yeah. 
I mean, it was just the preponderance of it. It just kept, it just kept coming. I mean, <laughs> anywhere you anywhere you look, I mean, it's like it just kept coming. And I did start reading other people's accounts of deconstruction and their reasoning and and was your wife also a lot of that resonated did they have this did she have the same uh she was but she was yes because it was we believed that it would it would split us up yeah that like the biblical teaching that we adhered to was okay you're not going to stay together you can't do this without jesus basically you know jesus is holding you together anyway so and, and no how hope. old were your kids when this was happening? My oldest son was maybe f- four, five, six. So that, so, totally he, so, so he had given him. The funny thing about my oldest son is that, you know, the first time we, one of the first times we sent him to Sunday school and they're teaching from the Old Testament, you know, at Sunday school and they're talking about, you know, it always amazes me, but I guess they do it because it's in the Bible, but they're like talking about the conquest of the land of Canaan, you know, and people, God commanding the murder of uh, women and children who were not Israelites. And like my son has what I think is an emotionally healthy reaction to that, which is like, who is this God that is demanding this of his people? And like, we didn't have good answers, right? There's uh, Christian apologists have lots of answers. It's like, well, actually it's a little bit different. And those people kind of deserved it. If you think about it, and it was God's judgment. It wasn't, there, there's lots of answers that they have. They're not good answers. They don't actually solve the problem. And so what we were seeing is that, I don't think this kid is going to survive this. You know, he's not like we were like, what you did when we, we were growing up is there was no internet. No one actually went to the library. If you had a question, you asked your parents and they told you what the truth was. But like our kids were in a place where it's like, well, I've got, I, I can access actual information about this. I can access other perspectives. That's essentially what happened to me. I just started going on, on the internet. So I don't know if they would have, uh, I don't know. They never got locked in very, they were young. very much. They, they were young. Yeah. Your family, they're, how are, are, are they alive? Are your parents alive? Yep. Mm-hmm. And how are they with uh, this? They're still, they still believe they're still in. We have a good relationship. Uh, because I think mostly because we choose not to talk about it, talk about this very often. And when we do, we try to talk about it in a respectful way. Again, I, so, I'm not interested in changing my family's minds. I, that's not, I'm not, I'm trying to be as l- not evangelistic. I'm like, this faith has been very meaningful for y'all. It's defined who you are. It's, you know, it has been incredibly helpful and transformational for you. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I'm not trying to convince you that it's not true, but I'm saying for me, I was really concerned about whether or not it was true. And I've become overwhelmingly convinced that uh, it's either definitely not true or impossible to prove to be true. And, and I can't believe it. You can't make me believe something that I find to be unbelievable. But bringing you back to the first question, you as a team uh, made a decision to make this public and I know you're saying it's too uh, but there had to be a lot of fear in just yeah mm-hmm. approaching a microphone especially for me because I feel like I was not as I, I the change that I made was very important to me and I absolutely believed it but it's not the type of thing that I wanted to all of a sudden have to defend publicly like mm-hmm. I, I just I wasn't interested in that 
like the way that Rhett likes to talk about those things is I, that just I didn't want to I didn't want to sign up for that. I did not want to. I didn't want to start arguing with anybody, you know, and I really didn't want to ruffle feathers, but it, for me, it, what put me over the edge was inclusivity versus exclusivity and judgment and inclusion. Like I really wanted, like I was an, I was a loving inclusive person that wasn't excluding somebody based on their any type of orientation, you know? Right. Um, and was that, which is a dichotomy toward the teachings of. Exactly. Like we, 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 were, we have all, you know, we have all these fans who come from all walks of life, all different perspectives. Yeah. Some people who are, you know, are conservative Christian people, but a lot of people who are not. And I think that our philosophy of inclusivity of accepting people and encouraging people to accept themselves versus encouraging them to adhere to the sort of a stone age moral philosophy. That is something that that philosophy has been incredibly harmful to a lot of people and to a lot of people who call themselves mythical beasts, you know, our fans. Right. So I think we were like, well, listen, we, first of all, we don't want you guys to think that we stand with that. That's not who we are. Right. That that's what put me over yeah. the edge. Was I did you know I didn't want to alienate and I and be presumed to be judging fans that I cared about and that I was connecting with and that I was hearing their stories and my heart was going out to them and I was and so I didn't I didn't want them to think the exact opposite of what I felt about them as people. Um, so I got more interested in sharing my truth, I guess you would call it. No, but it's, this is a really interesting, wonderful conversation, which kind of opens us up to not only what you believe or don't believe, but who you are as human beings. And the key is having respect for absolutely everyone, for humanity, for thought, for mm -hmm. the pursuit of the truth, you know, and not being closed-minded. Because and and not that faith is closed-minded, but I think we are uh, developing. We're always developing, and yeah. and uh, humanity is very comfortable always in stopping development. If you're comfortable where you are, uh, most people don't want to learn more, don't want to hear more, don't want to see more, don't want to experience more. They just want to hang on to what they have, mm. and we all live in this bubble. And few people are like you guys, where you kind of like. You gotta be open. You gotta be. Well, and listen, let me tell you on this side of it, it's it's a lot better. As someone who lived within the confines of that system and someone who's, who is uh, more of just a you know, you know humanitarian, <laughs> a humanist at this point. Um, yeah, it's easier because I mean, there were, there were years of, I, I, have to I have to find a way to love gay people, but not but just but, but judge, not really but not really not really accept them or their not, partner yeah. or whatever <laughs> but, know, but more so than that for me it i had because you know if you're a christian and especially if you're evangelical christian the mandate is the great commission jesus telling people to go and share the gospel right you're supposed to bring people into the fold what that does is it sets up this dynamic with every single interaction that you have with a person there's a burden that you need to tell them this thing 
in that the dynamic in your mind is that I have a truth. I possess the right answers. I possess the truth. And there needs to be an exchange of right tr truth to them that they don't have it. That dynamic is toxic. It is debilitating. It changes the, every interaction that you happen have with somebody. I enjoy living life so much more now where I get to talk to somebody and I'm like, well, what am I going to learn from this person? Not what can I teach this person? How can I tell this person that what I believe is right? Well, it's like, well, let's see what I, here's another person with another specific experience from a different place in the world. They've got a certain perspective. I have a, I have a lot more personal satisfaction out of getting their perspective and being like, well, how does that impact my perspective versus carrying around this book of truth that you have to shove down people's throats in every opportunity that you get, even if you're doing it in love. It's the dynamic is that you're right and they're wrong and that you got to settle it. You know, that's my my um, kind of uh, panacea that I talk about for aging mm. is curiosity, mm. you know, and when we are kids so taking religion totally out of the out of the equation when we're kids. You know, well, when I was a kid, people listened to radio. You know, you want to hear what the latest song is and you wanted to go buy the album or you want to stream that music now because you want to know what's hot. You want to look at online and on Instagram to see what people are wearing and how they're dressing and you want to see what the latest style is. And then you reach an age or a time where you go, well, I don't really care about the new music. You know, yeah. that was, you know, th this is not music. What I heard was music. And you stick with the haircut that you have because you only care about- You check out. You right. really do. You go, it's just too tiring. It's just too, I just want to hang on. And I remember my memories and my life and my bubble, that's the way it is. And yeah. you don't really, you're not accepting. It's, it has nothing to do with religion. You're not accepting anything new. And as somebody who is, you know, I'm close to 70 years old, I sit with my kids every day and everybody I work with is really young. And even as somebody who went into comedy, Mm. you know, and, and did very well in the 80s in comedy. I can't tell you how many times, I didn't know what YouTube was. My son showed me YouTube 20 years ago or whatever it was. And I would see things that were clicked on that had a hundred million, you know, clicks. And when I was reading all the comments, they would go, this is hysterical, this is funny. And, and it would kill me because I'd go, 100 million people are saying this is funny. And I swear to you, I, I don't get it. Right. I don't know. I don't know. And everybody right. sees the funny. Explain to me the funny. And now at this point in my life, because curiosity is what runs through my veins, I want to know. I want to know how yeah, to engage man. you. I want to know what it is. So you just spoke totally. right to me. I mean, as what else is life? What else is life if not? Like this idea of calcifying and being rigid, which again when you when your worldview is dominated by this idea that there was a truth that was dispensed 2000 years ago and it is the unchanging truth god is immutable he does not change we have this almost cultural uh idea like when politicians change their mind we get mad but when politicians change their mind maybe they actually got new information isn't that a good thing? The whole flip-flop thing is like, well, what did they flop to? They flopped to the right side of this issue. That's something to be celebrated. But this idea that you would be this rigid, calcified thing, you become brittle. You, be, you know, when you get calcified and you get brittle, you can be broken pretty easily. But I want to, I want to stay malleable. I want to stay flexible as I get old. And listen, I, I, we, I've known this about you for a long time that you have, when people find out you're, a, you know, in your late sixties, they're like, "No, he's not." I got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I gotta go on Wikipedia. I gotta confirm that. Why would I lie about? 
but because you don't give off that type of energy, but because the energy you're, is because you're you're curious. curious. Yeah. And you're but, curious. But I also see the other way. I, I understand people who are devout religious people, and I understand people who just stop. And and that is, you know, it, uh, I have FOMO, which I, I guess uh, Oprah coined the phrase, but the fear of missing out. If the the comfort in at least believing you know, the comfort in not needing to, like there's something going on out there that you don't know about that not mm -hmm. is a wonder, it seems like a wonderful, safe feeling. The fact that you don't know is, and fear, fear and, and anger, and it comes from ignorance, from people mm -hmm. not knowing. Not Most of the time it's not used for good. Right. And I believe that the most brilliant people, the smartest people in the world are the people that are so aware of what they don't know. And the dumbest people in the world are the people that know it all. Dude, I've been saying this lately. It's certainly better to be around. The older I get, the dumber I realize that I am. In fact, recently I've come up with a way of describing my brain. I was like, I realize I have like a Toyota brain, right? It's just like, when I, coming, coming from where I come from, I was like, I think I've got, I, I think I've got like a Mercedes brain, you know, I think I'm one of the smartest guys around here. And then you, 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 you start running into people and I keep meeting people who are a lot smarter than me, a lot more educated, a lot more informed about certain things, can explain things a lot better, understand things a lot better. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm a, I think I'm a Toyota. Like it's pretty reliable, but it's not a Lexus. And I think mm -hmm. that just recognizing that and, and, and living like, I, well, I want to meet some, I want to meet some Lexi so they can explain some things to me versus just concluding that I've got, I mean, I remember a moment when I was like eight, 18 years old and I remember legitimately thinking, I think I kind of understand all the fundamental things that you're supposed to understand about <laughs> life in the universe, because I am a child of God. I am a Christian. I have a relationship with Jesus. I believe the Bible. That's where I get my morality from. I'm really, this is just, I'm really blessed. I'm really blessed to have found the truth, the universal truth of the God of the universe that I have a relationship with. I am really, really lucky. Now I sit down and I say, man, I I just know such a small fraction of the things that there are to know. I'm just, I'm part of a collective. I'm just a pixel on a screen. Mm. I'm not the screen. I always thought and that you, my brain was a three wheeler. It's <laughs> like really dangerous, but a lot of fun. Yeah. But, but uh, you start I, also realizing how much you don't know because we have so much access to all this information now yeah. and other points of view. Right. Whereas I think, a, even when I was younger, there was no access to that. I was in my little bubble where I grew up or with my family and it's whatever that bubble decided to tell me or showed me that was my worldview. And now mm. you have the internet where you can. But an yeah. algorithm just yeah. forms a <laughs> bigger That's bubble, true. That's you true. know, so but yeah. you have to, you have to like fight to go outside your algorithm. You can Let's get say there even right. in politics. You can get there. Like there's right. so many people that have one point of view. And so they'll only watch or see that one point of view. And you have to go out of your way to look, yeah. for the other point of view, whether or not you agree with it, just so that you see the other side. Yeah. Life is tough, you know, and this need, and it's scary because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm. And you don't, without knowing what tomorrow brings, without a finite, you know, and and religion gives you a finite, this is Certainty what's Certainty would be really nice. Right. Yeah. So when you pull that net out from under yourself, 
it's a little bit yeah. and then you and then you allow yourself to be that open to anything can happen i don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. but i'll i'll see how i react to it that's a little bit at the same time it's it's stimulating and wonderful and life and experiential you know i love thrill rides i still do at my age i whenever we go to a an amusement park i have to get on the the roller coaster and you know the scarier it is the higher it is the faster it is the more i think i'm closer to killing myself the more fun it is but you know you're safe you, you trust those engineers ultimately right that's the that's the thrill of it sometimes <laughs> you know i don't not not in those little amusement parks that show up if you're like at a state uh, fair a carnival he, wants, yeah. he, he doesn't he wants i don't the want the guy to he have said he less would go in the than, than what? you said you would have gone in the submarine that went down. I would have. Yeah. So oh, he doesn't yeah, care yeah. about being safe. Right. Yeah. I, I would have done that, but I would have not thought that that could have happened. Right. So you're with me. Because I would not yeah. have thought. Yeah. I would not have allowed. Link is not a, he's not a safe, per he's a safe person, but he's not a safe person. If you know what I mean. <laughs> but you'd figure that guy knew what he was doing. I mean, he had a, like right. a PS5 controller. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would have believed. <laughs> yeah. If you can send Mario to the next level, why couldn't we go see the. Titanic. Yeah. But the, th the thing about this. I don't really want to leave it here because for us in our journey of talking about our, our spirituality and coming out um, with all of that is at this point, we understand both sides. We understand where we came from. And, you know, when we make Good Mythical Morning, we make that show for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we make that show for the people we used to be and the people we are now and hopefully the people that relate to who the, we're going to become later. But, but you are the same person. A, a human is a, is a journey, you know, as yeah, somebody. But we're not talking about this stuff on Good Mythical Morning. We're given the gift yeah. of laughter and friendship and like that should be for everybody. That's yeah. what this and, podcast is. Okay, yeah. And we, <laughs> except for this one. No, but we we're talk, not. I like to have a full, well-rounded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's everyone. why we talked about, that's why we came out out on ear biscuits on the podcast because it was like this that's the place that we're real and we're not just there to entertain we're just having real conversation because there question, are certain things that you can still welcome everybody into and i mean it may not be for everybody but it shouldn't be for good mythical there morning there's not an answer there isn't it's one for more people but and what is more people and what is a lot of people and yeah. if you have a clear vision of something is that the majority of people that believe that if the majority of people are in your bubble and you don't hear or see people outside of your bubble, no matter how big that bubble is. Am I making any sense here? Well, I, I'm just saying that I, in, I, I, in the middle of it, I, I, I lost even what I was saying. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Well, it's okay. but it's, it, it reminds me of something that happened this past weekend uh, in Big Sur where Link was, uh, you went to get that, it was Mountain Valley spring water. You know, it's just sort of a mid-level brand of spring water that we oh, had. Oh, the actual bottled yes. uh, carbonated water, not the, or it's not carbonated, but you weren't going yeah. to a Mountain Valley spring. No, so and, 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 and Link got up and he was fridge. asking if everyone wanted some. And then, but you had like some LaCroix, you had some other choices and you were like, Mountain, I've got this Mountain Valley spring water. It's not for everyone. You were saying it's not for everyone, because you literally meant for the people in our group, it wasn't right. for everyone. Not everyone wanted it, but we. But I immediately said, "That's a great slogan for any product." Right. 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 It's not for everyone. Right. And if you're trying to be for everyone, you'll be for no one. Right. And so I think that while GMM is, a, it is broad. But that's what but, Howie was yeah. saying was that America's got talents for everyone. It is. 
See, so he's trying to be for everyone. It's not, but, for, saying, but it's not for everyone. It's for as many people as it can be. But it can't. But, but where uh, the goal? The goal is everyone. It really is. I, th- I don't think we'll achieve it. I don't think we'll even come <laughs> right. close to it's it. Oh uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's not possible. Right. But but you individually, it's you individually, you can be a part of something that is for everyone. But you can only be for whoever. Like but as fellow people in this business, we want to be for absolutely everyone. That would be a goal. We also are are aware that that is going to never happen. That's impossible. But as wide a range of audience as you can. I don't disagree, but as as someone who is performance driven, if you're familiar with the Enneagram personality uh, test, I'm a three, which means like an achiever, somebody who's trying to like find their self-worth in performance and external, externally focused. When you find out that somebody doesn't like you, that's a real problem for somebody with my, a lot lot of us in this business, right? right? Uh, but I think that one of the one of the great things about getting older and getting a little perspective and honestly, like getting a level of success that it's like things could kind of not work now and it wouldn't really matter that much. You don't you're not as hungry as you were 15 years ago or whatever. Um, but I think that like seeing there's somebody who doesn't like me who said this very specific thing. It might be they don't like the way I look. They don't like the way I talk. They don't like the way I think whatever the people pick favorites between us all the time because we're a duo and that's what people naturally do like i've finally it's been it's been a lot of work a lot of therapy but getting to a place where it's like oh well of course there are people who don't like me of course should my response to that shouldn't be well what can i change in order to get that person to like me or just you could have like, just listened to me for years that person <laughs> that person is that's not worth my energy trying to get that person to like me like what is the the, the point are you hurt by comments um, there's still an occasional one. I think the ones that hurt are the ones that you're like, yeah, that's probably true, right? Like if you're like, ah, oh, this oh, this thing that you guys did wasn't that, as funny as you thought it was. And we're like, you know, ah, yeah. So if it feels uh, like something we might say to each other, that those are the ones that You hurt. should have my mom go to bat for you in the comment section. That's what she does for me. <laughs> yeah, she writes back yeah. anything that they say <laughs> they negative. They say anything negative yes. about yeah. me, my mom is in Mama the comment Bear. section. Like, you do not say that about my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that. about it is it bothers me and we do read our comments, but feel free to continue to comment and subscribe and 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 my mom will answer you. and you'll talk to <laughs> my wife and her mom but but that being said i'm also fascinated by what it takes because i could not do that mm. i could not i don't have whatever that is that makes you type or text or comment something really negative and hurtful yeah. and i find in our business and our business being being any kind of public figure, even if it's not in a comment, it gives people a license to act like you don't, like not like how I was brought up and not, you know, yeah. my, my mom always taught me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, and I think then, the reason that you don't say it, and a lot of us in this business don't criticize other people, um, number one, you're really busy. It takes time. Number two, you're making stuff. So I think when you create things, when you're actually bringing things into the world that are being regularly critiqued and analyzed by an audience, you know how it feels. And uh, I think most of the people whose 
online personality is defined by criticizing other people, they're not making shit. Except I'm saying that, and I know I'm going to get killed now because I'm also paid uh, well to be a judge where I have to go, that didn't work. <laughs> that is not going to win the million yeah, dollars. But that's, but that's the whole point of the show. It is. And they want me to say what I think, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and I always follow that up with, just because I'm not responding to it, and just because I didn't like it doesn't mean America's not gonna vote for it, you're not gonna be hugely successful, because we realize that no matter how big you are, how many followers you have, there's always way more people in the world existing that will never even hear your name, will never even click on you, will never turn you on, so it doesn't right. really matter what my thoughts are. I really don't matter. I only matter to a few people, but you know what really matters is that you guys showed up for this, I'm, I'm, I'm so bowled over by even this conversation. I'm so much, you're so much more than I even thought you were. I'm a fan of everything you do. I love, what is the weirdest thing, and this is a bad turn, but <laughs> what's the weirdest thing that you ever put in your mouth? Like you guys do that eating, that right. Thing. That, uh, that have you ever seen they well, do this weird? We've never, Jimmy Fallon, uh, usually, we've never had a sexual encounter, just, just clear to say that. I'm not talking about penis. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm talking about what they do if you, and I thought beef everybody bile did. cheesecake. I mean, if we're gonna That's eat something worst. really gross, it's we, we've hired a chef to make it. Like, our mythical kitchen makes the worst things in the most amazing way. Have you ever gotten sick? Um, surprisingly. Well, I chugged a liter of vinegar, and you shouldn't do that. The weirdest thing you put in your but mouth that was, was stupid. One hundred year old coconut. Oh yeah. Who's saving a coconut for a hundred years? It was canned coconut. Two people did it for fifty years each. Oh. They they sell it on eBay. So we we all buy these old food, all old this old food. stuff on eBay, and, and it's it just fascinating. Mouth. You know, you pay a hundred dollars for this thing, and I just. You know, it was, seemed like it would be fun to. I didn't swallow it, but, but you, I, did I mean, put there could have been mouth. botulism. There's all kinds of things. That yeah, you could have died. Like, it, I, it was, I a, it was an that. impulsive decision. I know. So I've watched that, and that's the question. The question that I had was: they have these tastes of icky stuff, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. been one of their. We uh, eat a lot of stuff. They do, and I thought, just like you could, you could die. I also like, I mean, there's things that you've put in your mouth that yeah. could actually really? kill you. I mean, it's they, it's beyond funny. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do that again. Again. Well, yeah, I, I look did, at you. I did not do that. I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that you're not so religious, you figure you're not as safe. <laughs> like, right, man. I think this might be over when I die. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm it. Stretch this out as this much as I it. can. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, GMM is the is the main show that I'm aware of. A good mythical mythical morning every on YouTube, and it, yep. you guys shoot that every day, and then you have like this after five show. days a week, and, and then there's yeah, there's good mythical more as you can yeah. just click over and. So you can spend like 40 minutes with us every and weekday. And the, th the thing that we're most excited about creatively right now, uh, that so we're going to talk it up, is we actually rekindled yeah. the uh, OG Rhett and Link channel, the channel that started in 2006. We've It's gone through different iterations, but we've we kind of stopped playing the, hey, let's go across town and pitch somebody on a show or let's write a screenplay. And we said, let's take all these creative ideas that we've been having let's just put them directly into content on YouTube. So we've, we've done about six videos so far this year. We're getting about one a month. So Jeremy, now. put the link, you'll give us the link. The link will be down below. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. just basically youtube.com slash Rhett and Link. So okay. that's the original channel. Each uh, video is a standalone odyssey into a seemingly mundane premise that will surprise you with some, yeah. I also some weirdness. I also heard from the guys in the back that you recently sold Smosh. 
Is that yes. true? So, yeah. Oh, back to I'll make, I'll, make, I'll make the long story short. We had a strange opportunity when things sort of fell apart for them. They were owned by a, a different company. Uh, and then years ago, we were, we were trying to give them a place to just do their business, but ended up being this incredible opportunity for us to buy them and kind of uh, let Ian, who was in charge of Smosh, continue to retain, you know, control. Uh, and then Anthony, because they were a longtime internet duo, Ian and Anthony go way back, yeah. you know, even before us. We had him on. He was telling us that yeah. story. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. they got back together and said that they wanted Smosh back. And we were like, well, we, did, don't, we only did this to begin with to help you guys out because we loved you guys and we believed in what you're doing. So, yeah, let's work out a deal. And so that closed uh, a couple of months ago. So you also have them. this thing where you develop, you have like this $5 million is that a fund? Yeah. Or, and you get these two, you just launched, uh, there's these two girls that- The what? sorry girls. Yes. And yes. A, Fellow Canadians. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. So a lot, what of, it, a lot of interior design. It's like uh, HGTV for Yeah. Well, the whole point the is, is we call it the mythical accelerator. It's essentially uh, investing in a creator who wants to build a company similar to the one that we've built, right? They, they have, they want to kind of leave a legacy. They want to build a media company. So we give them some money to get some equity in their business. And then we give them the advice and all the lessons that we've learned over the time. We have a team that's committed to that and kind of work them through all those business decisions. Uh, and we've got three people in that program now, and we're very slowly and very particular about how we expand, but it's a pretty small sort of boutique thing. That's wonderful. So uh, whatever links that he has mentioned are down below, but don't miss them. These guys, you're really a joy and you're really- uh, well, Thank you, Howie. In interesting. And I'm glad that you guys worked out a lot of the problems that were very evident. <laughs> <laughs> and now they seem to have- At the was, beginning uh, of this conversation. Right, yes. Yes. I mean, I think we solved. Yes. Thank you. Don't you think, feel like we've done something? It's yeah. not just a podcast. I think this was like a- This is like therapy. There's a I full mean, arc. There's a full arc. Are there you was... still tired is the real question. No, you guys woke me up. <laughs> she was up all night with her daughter. Yeah. Oh, yes, her wow. daughter wasn't feeling well. Mm. Yes, her daughter has syphilis again. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah, well. Again, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, preschool. It's right. crazy yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, subscribe and all uh, that. What? I was up all night with my hamster. With your hamster. Yeah. Oh, that's what she calls it. Your hamster. Daughter. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> until next time, Rhett and Link. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Woohoo! That was great. That was fun. That was fun. You guys are great. <laughs> no, but that was great. Really interesting.